everyone to the wages of cinema um i'm jack and boy we haven't done one of these in a little while that's probably my fault we used to do these on the regular and i've, I've kind of let you down uh my fellow wagers uh that's my uh, that's my unfortunate new nickname for like our few listeners i like it i like it <laughs> the wagers yeah and uh so we welcome you back to the local vocal series where i have conversations with uh, local filmmakers and actors and writers and uh, artists and anybody who makes things with their hands or makes <laughs> things with their faces or yeah. does anything <laughs> very weird but like fun and uh, and with that in mind uh, I actually now have uh, another very talented gent I guess in my midst uh, he is a I guess a well mostly an actor I imagine and, yeah, uh, these days. Comic, yeah, these uh, days you got to do it all. You got to do know? it all. Actor, comic, writer, uh, producer. Producer. I'm sure we'll, we'll get into so many other things. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, and so I welcome to the show, Mr. Uh, and I hope I don't mispronounce this name because sometimes this happens to me. Well, we didn't check this before, so let's G- see. All right. Gianmarco Ceresi? Ceresi. Ceresi. Oh, but it's very good. Oh, Ceresi. You know, it's because it's a weird thing with names. I mean, I, I mean, my, my last name is Gattinella. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so many times it's like, how do you, like, I tell people my last name when I have to go places like, wait, how do you spell that? G A double T A. I have to do that. I always have to do that because I have an N M. I always, when I spell it, I have to go G I A. And it sounds like I'm being aggressive. I'm going N M. And it always feel like I'm being like, are you stupid? <laughs> but but the problem is if I don't do that, like that really heavy N M, yeah. then they do N N, and I'm yeah. like, no. Yeah. So <laughs> I have to do that at least twice a day. Usually. So it's so it's Gianmarco. I said that. Yeah, right. Gianmarco, John Marco. It depends. John Marco, oh. I think is. The most John, Mar- John Marco makes you really sound like a an artist. That makes yeah. you sound like you John have a Marco. loft. And yes. you, you, you fling your art onto your canvas. Exactly. We're going to John Marco's show down in uh, Soho. I, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not Giancarlo, I'm pretty fine. Like, I don't correct anyone. So had people mispronounced like Giancarlo? Well, they'll say Giancarlo instead of John Marco. And that's, oh. yeah, that's the thing. See, I mean, it's, I just that's it. so, that's just <laughs> people know Giancarlo's. And so I get that all yeah, the time. Yeah, John Marco, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Marco. I've yet to meet one. Cerezi. I like, real. I like saying it's Cerezi, too. That's like, uh, like, every once in a while, my dad will try to make a joke like, Gatanil. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he won't even have the A at the end. He'll be like, Gatanil. Uh, like is he the, is he from Italy? No, no, no. My, uh, I mean, I, I guess obviously I have ancestry in Italy. Like I, my, it's like my, I think my great grandfather was uh, Santino. Okay. So it's Santino Gattanella. 
uh, I just picture like a little boy on like a boat, like in Godfather Two or something. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Know. You know, speaking of Godfather, when I was in middle school, I I loved that first movie so much that I used to sign my papers. My middle name's Vincent. My dad sometimes says it could be Vincenzo. It's not, really? but I used to say on my pa- papers I'd write Gianmarco Vincenzo Sorezi Corleone, <laughs> and. You know, I was just I was just a boy searching for an identity, and my mom saw it and like flipped out, and she was like, "Do you? He was a murderer, and he was like a bad person." Wait, how, how old were you when this happened? Oh God, um, I feel like fourth grade, fifth grade. So you didn't really had you seen the Godfather? No, I saw the Godfather, and I remember like it was. I mean, it's just so good. Even at that age, I think it's it is just so good. That well, I, I, and I, I, and I Al Pacino's I, so cool. You're like, I'm that. I'm oh, that yeah. guy. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know if I saw it that young. I might have been maybe like twelve, but that's that's a good age to see it. Nine years old. Just yeah. Feel like, yeah. If I had seen Godfather three, I'd be like, oh, this didn't turn out so well. <laughs> that kind of yeah, that kind of that, life ends those, poorly. Imagine those poor people who just decide, oh, Godfather three. <laughs> eh, I'll watch this. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. They, <laughs> Not really. I don't need to see the first two. I right? was young enough to not dislike Godfather Three the way other people do. It's, yeah, I think I just saw I, it when I, I was it. really young, and so I yeah. didn't like. I haven't even seen it as an adult because I don't mm. want to be upset. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I could pick it apart, but that would be something else. <laughs> uh, but you said that your mom got upset. But is, was she, is she? Are you both your parents Italian? No, I'm. I'm much more Jewish. My mom's Jewish. Oh, Jewish Italian. That's like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're Jewish. Matzah pizza. Are you a matzah pizza? That's why it's called matzah pizza, by the way. Well, matzah pizza with a little. Uh, I don't know what you could say. Like, uh, like a Guinness thrown in. I don't know what. Like oh, okay. I, a little bit Irish thrown in too. So it's like a mat a McMatza pizza. A McMatza pizza. I like that. <laughs> That's great. Wow. So, wait, so is that is that a nick like that's where the nickname came from? Yeah, I mean I think people say pizza bagel too, but matzo pizza appeals to me more. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's where it came from because I was like it was kind of like let's embrace my heritage and we used to say passionately neurotic. Mm. I always feel like I got maybe the worst of both or yeah. the, the most intense of both. Mm. So cultures. it's so you come from so Italian Jewish. Italian Jewish, but really like my dad, I think my dad really clung to the Italian a lot more than we were. Like I remember I at some you. point, like learning that I was like an eighth Italian and being like, "Oh, <laughs> why do we talk about this so much?" Like, yeah, that's that's a, that's an odd thing. That's like, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, because I'm only I'm only a quarter Italian, and when I when I tell people I'm Jewish, they're like, "Really? Uh, uh-huh. What?" No. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have guessed. That's no. Silly. Well, it's well. Okay, I mean, what about not... do the Hasidic the Hasidic Jews? Can they do they come up to you? Do they approach you? Because that's how. Because a lot of people don't necessarily. I mean, most Jewish people can t- see them Jewish, but like all Hasidic Jews, they'll always come up to me directly because really? they can they can tell a mile away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do they do they? You know, for the thing no, where they go like, I've are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? I'm, I'm no. I'm I'm. You're lucky. You're I, lucky. I, I sneak in there. I'm I'm like the. Uh, I'm, I'm the, the spy amidst uh, yeah. the midst of uh, no no, but that's that's interesting. Are you? Uh, um, sorry, you like? So are you from this area too? I'm from DC, Maryland area, uh, but I came up here as a lot as a kid. My dad liked to come up here, like for he would his high rolling vacations. We'd stay at the Plaza or the, the oh. Waldorf. It was a different time. And then he retired and put it all in stocks and lost it all. But in my youth, we had some fun. 
New York weekends. And then you move here, and you're like, oh, shit, everything's real expensive. Uh, <laughs> well, now it is. It's just, Maybe at well, one time. It was it still expensive. But, you know, when you go with your parents, it's a different experience. New oh, York yeah. with money and New York without money. Well, then in that case, then you're just a tourist. It's yeah, different yeah, yeah. than when you actually have to, like, make a full living here. Yeah, I mean, my, I think my dad, like, for him, it was... Like, even when he comes here now, he will not take the subway. I don't care mm. how close the thing is. Like, I mean, it, this is his vacation spot. Mm. And <laughs> and so I just, you know, once you come up here for real for an extended period, you're like, oh, my God. This is not <laughs> the same as I thought. So they don't. So they might not come up that much to visit. You got to go down there to. Yeah, see. yeah. I, I make them come up here at this point because I like the city. Or you know, it's that thing where you have vacations. I just want to like be here and enjoy it as yeah. opposed to working in the city. Go to some museums. Mm. I'd like to go to some museums. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Museums are great. Uh, I like going to museums. I haven't gone to one in a while either. I keep hearing about museum exhibits. And What's shit. your favorite? Uh, I mean, I guess like. Although I mean I guess the Met has the most stuff, but I, but I think but I think MoMA is probably more up my alley. Yeah, MoMA. It's always a mix of like it depends on the mood I'm in. Like if I'm feeling like my career's not going well, I'm like, what is this? This is three basketballs <laughs> in a fish tank. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I spent hours on this thing. No one's gonna see, and mm. this is exhibit. And then other times I'm really. I actually just watched uh, that documentary on Marina Abramovic. I've, you know her? her? Is she like the experimental yeah, artist? That like they call her out, the grandmother she, of performance she art. She goes out in the woods and strips her clothes and does like weird like yeah, she body does, motions. She stuff. does all sorts of stuff. Lots of stuff where like kind of physically abuses her own body. Yeah. She did this thing where she like you could go there and sit across from her and kind of just make eye contact for a while. She did it for like months. Oh, so yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. sounds like... I feel like Shia LaBeouf probably ripped her off too. Yeah, I mean, but so you know, like I think, I think performance art it has to it has to live in a realm where some of it falls into the the level of pretentious, but then some, I mean, I I'm uh, you're seeing an actor go I out love on a limb. It. Yeah, it, part it, it's of me hard is, not to be thrilled by that, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, she's done, but like she's had a book come out that she you know her autobiography autobiography and. Like there's a New York Times review that just ripped it to shreds, huh. and but I think that's where performance art has to live, mm. and you just have to. It has to like not everybody's gonna like it. You gotta live with like a negative New York Times review every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, and like sometimes, and again, like sometimes I go to a moment and be like, I this is not anything. <laughs> this is trash on a ground with a sign next to it, and then other times I'm like. Yeah, I'm glad someone did that and put that trash there and yeah. put a sign. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gl- <laughs> I'm glad that painting that actually doesn't have any paint and doesn't have anything on it. Yeah. And it's just a blank canvas exists. And wait, they're charging that much money? Yeah, the moment is expensive. Friday, yeah. it's free from 4 to 8 p.m., but otherwise, yeah, like, 25 I've, bucks. Yeah, no, I've, yeah, I've been there at, when it's free. That's when I've gone That's there. good. I mean, um, the Mets, the Mets, the Mets, is the Mets still free? I thought there was, like, talk of them charging. Maybe, I don't but remember. I they do that they sneaky thing where it says mm. suggested prices, yeah. and like there's a little sign that goes, "You don't have to actually pay this." Mm. But since you brought it up, I mean, uh, do you think you see anything that you do like as being like almost a performance art type of thing? Is um, it its own? Do you have like any kind of way you categorize yeah. your own acting? Well, when I think of Marina Bramovic, I mean, like that thing where she basically had people 
walk into a box and kind of stare with her. Mm. Like, at least a lot of the... I do theater stuff, too, and I write theater and sketch comedy. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of addicted to writing meta-type pieces, and a lot of that mm. involves either tricking the audience or, like, acknowledging the where you are and yeah. something about that really appeals to me and even in movies and even in the some of the matzo pizza sketches um it just becomes meta where like you have the conceit of what the video is and i can't help it my mind automatically thinks about like the well what what about the thing that we're tr pretending that we're doing here yeah and so for me like that kind of uh that's why i feel a, a kinship with some performance art because even with my stuff um, and I'm on a sketch team too, and one of the things we usually like to do is use our own names. Yeah. And I think even that in and of itself deals with performance art because you're discussing the performance and you're acknowledging that you're the person who decided to write this piece and decided yeah. to put it up in this particular moment. And I don't know, so that that does appeal to me. Mm, a I mean, bit. yeah, I saw someone who like you know ripped on uh, because of this New York Times review. They were kind of so gleeful and in them tearing apart this person. But I'm like, but some of the things she does, it's amazing. And she, she puts her body through these things. Like yeah. like a one one exhibit there was like, it was two naked people stand in a door frame and you basically have to walk and they're kind of <laughs> close. So you have to like squeeze through them. And like, I understand, I mean, I, I understand this documentary actually had like Megyn Kelly go like, is this art? And you're like, you know what? Screw you. Screw you. Like, it's it's like it's a it's, it's a art it's to a somebody. thing, and you walk through it, and I'm sure you have an experience. Yeah. And that's what I, you know, yeah. especially when you're in entertainment, it's hard because you're surrounded by it, and you can want to. You're around a lot of the sameness. Yeah, you feel the patterns, and you you, and so you're like, okay, and I think sometimes you can make end up making a lot of art that's like for your particular community, but yeah. I think you got to make what your mind gravitates yeah, towards. Yeah, it's tough. You know, you want to make things for, as you said, your community, but sometimes it just comes down to, I find this funny. Yeah. And, you know, I might strike out with it, but I had fun doing it. Yeah, I mean, like like a billion other guys, Charlie Kaufman, of course, is like someone who, you know, when you think of adaptation, Yeah. I mean, that that is the story of adaptation. Like, he really did get that book yeah. to make a movie out of, and then mm -hmm. he made that. You know, and it's, and it's brilliant. Now, if, if, a hundred screenwriters made that same movie about struggling to write an adaptation. I'm sure you'd get tired of it, but like it, what he made was so good and that's what he felt he needed to make. And I'm sure a lot of, if for people way outside were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But what a movie. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. He, he had a real voice right there. Oh like, man. Always. Um, I love, he's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, where's it, your hesitation? I feel no, 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 uh, no, no, no. I was just, as far as, when you say favorite, though, like you mean like favorite, just the person that gives you the most influence, like the person that yeah, the most? yeah, I see him, and uh, I, I don't even like see his movies a lot of times, but yeah. I, they they linger in my mind. Yeah. I think he about doesn't work as much as he did before. I don't, I don't know if that well, might he says be he's just struggling. Because, no, he says he's... yeah, no, no, no. That's why. Yeah, it's like he can't get his stuff produced. Like, and I, I mean, get you it. See, and you see something like like Animalisa, which, goddamn, if that wasn't like one of the, like the best maybe the one of the best movies of the decade not even just last yeah, yeah. year i had a trouble with the ending oh the yeah ending did it really was it abrupt i think it was a cup first like i didn't like how um how she the the woman that he fell in love with was yeah. so like touched by the whole experience like i think if someone did she quit her job or like she she did a, she fell in love or they got married or they engaged and then like they broke he left her and she was like in the car reading a letter from him and it was like 
wow, what an amazing experience. Mm. I, it's hard. I mean, I think, again, he wrote like what he was feeling. Um, I, I thought that it was maybe digging a lot deeper into like ways that people like disconnect as soon as something becomes like normal. And like you have to kind of suddenly shake it up and like you're going to get – that's why he hears like the same voice. I like, agree. Everywhere. But then I would like the ending – I'll, I'll look, I don't need a positive ending. I'm all for an ending that makes you feel like, ah, fuck. Yeah. But am I allowed to curse on this? Yes, of course. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. Uh, yeah. But but I don't like an ending that's like, okay. No, and no, that, no, that, that was that, totally that, like a, go yeah. back to the wife and my shitty kid and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. man, someone should have hugged Charlie when he wrote the final draft. <laughs> and we would have had maybe an ending where he like, Decided to, I don't know, start writing poetry. At least try. It felt really sad. I mean, he's got to be really struggling. That movie to me was like, I'm sure he's in a lot of pain. See, see the way that you're saying that, I felt that watching, like, Synecdoche, New York. Like, that, that I thought, watching that movie, Oof. that almost felt like you're watching a man deteriorate scene by scene as his, like imaginary theatrical city like becomes so big yeah i mean i think that but like when i think of eternal sunshine like that was one that definitely didn't give us like oh god they're making that into a tv well, that, show. well that's a perfect movie yeah that that is you know that they're making it into a tv show now just to ruin the legacy of it because there are no original ideas but there are no no no, there, no, there, there are. are there are but then they get made into this i wonder who had the first seat did he watch it some guy or some girl watching go like Hey, this was a good movie. Let's just do it again. Hey, people know this name. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many good writers out there. Oh, yeah. You know, when uh, when you were a kid, was it like what comedy like kind of came out to you like that? You know, I think. I, was I, it like I silly watched, stuff? Was it absurd? Um, was it I mean, like I definitely anything? grew up like in a what I considered a golden age of Nickelodeon, and oh, like yeah. all that was oh, yeah. like a big part of my growing up. But I, my, I watched Seinfeld with my dad from pretty young, and I always oh, feel yeah. like that is the most influential voice in my head. You're, you're talking my language. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, little foibles of life, struggling with narcissism. Yeah, because um, everybody on that show, like, it like there are I, I just love like because larry david's whole like uh i think his mantra with that show was no lessons no hugging yeah and yeah that, that's the feeling you get watching it it's like you're not gonna learn a lesson here like you know you're uh we're just gonna we're gonna uh, kill off your wife with a uh yeah, uh, yeah. Ink, uh, with susan and uh that's it we're just gonna stand around and be like oh well, that happened. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think like I There's have no like here on this special episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a mix because like I don't think I, I feel like I want to do that kind of work, but then have just the right amount of heart underneath or like tie it. And I think mm. that's like kind of what I experiment with, or that's that's kind of the overarching goal. Is I love that kind of comedy, but I don't think I want to be as as baldly nihilistic and just whatever or just like this is that i i like a gut punch and so like i love seinfeld for what it was but like i don't think i would be happy doing just that kind no, of thing no well, well it's all the, the well it's how they dealt with situational comedy it's like we're gonna take you know what you usually expect and we're gonna bring in like 
almost like a Kafka influence at times. We're yeah, going to yeah, bring yeah. in like almost Harold Pinter in a couple episodes. We're going to really change your mind about how this form can be worked with. That yeah, was yeah, the yeah. genius. Curves, Do- they're filming that new season. I would do anything. I would do anything. Because I hear... When you get called back for Curb, at least what I've heard is like a lot of it is you just improvise with Larry David. And if I could have a, a fight with Larry David about something trivial, that would truly be my dream. If I had like one acting dream, it would be like to have like an argument about something stupid with Larry David on yeah. film. I would love to do that. Yeah, because uh, that's the best. He, he, he's, he's, he's one of the best. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, so, so you watch Seinfeld as a kid. Does it hit you like... Are, are you a teenager when it hits you? Like, I kind of want to try this, or does it happen later? I, I think it took a while to really. I've always, I've always felt like a bit of a late bloomer, where I feel like I, I was a funny person, but I never, I never really quite realized that I could create stuff on my own. Like even in college, like I, I was a, I was a musical theater major, and I think I just followed kind of that track. And it wasn't until senior year. Uh, or uh, summer after junior year, I took a, a stand-up comedy class here at Caroline's Comedy Club, mm. and um, I did like five minutes. And I, it was just one of these things. Once I started writing, it was like I had years backed up in my head of <laughs> stuff. And I came back to college, and the next I did five minutes here at Caroline's. Went back to college, and then I did an hour-long show just right out the gate. An hour. And it, it was just all there. I mean, it was just like mm. for me, stand-up. The performance aspect of stand-up feels the most natural of anything I do. Um, as I said, my mom, my mom is, is the one who's Jewish, which that's the only one that counts. It doesn't count if it's your dad. Something it has to be kosher. The, the vaginal juice is uh, something. I don't know. I don't know. It's all ridiculous. It's all, it's all ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Except I'll tell you this one thing. The one really good thing is the birthright trip. Have you heard about the birthright trip? Get this. Get this. This is real. I didn't believe it at first. Israel, if you're Jewish, they will pay for you to go to Israel and have a two-week vacation. I rode a camel. I ate some of the best hummus of my life. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you should all do it even if you're not Jewish. Because how are they going to tell? How are they? It's not on your birth certificate. They didn't ask me to send in, you know, a piece of my foreskin. I mean, the bar is really low. They called me. They did a phone interview. And they said, you know, who's Jewish? My mother. Uh, did you have a bar mitzvah? No. Uh, how many times have you been to temple? Five times. This year? My whole life. And then they said, get ready for this. Then they go, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's what they do. I swear to God, they try to catch you. Like, you know, like you would do in middle school to see if someone had a crush on someone else, you'd be like, uh, the, the sky is blue, a cow goes blue. You're not a Jew. Shit. But if you don't fall for that, you're good as guilt. Trust me. Um, so, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because I've, I've watched some of the videos, too, that you've done. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know that they're only little snippets, but, like, so is that stuff that you've worked on for, like, how many years? Uh, I mean, a couple, like, a couple years, maybe three or four. Yeah. I mean, I still have some bits that I started with that I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the play that I have is a lot of stand-up. Um, I'm doing 30 minutes this Sunday about growing up with divorced parents. Stand-up is just, like... For me, also when I when I started doing sketch comedy, when I did my plays, is kind of I have a gigantic word document called the Comedy Canon, and huh. I kind of comb through it, and that's kind of the first level of my thoughts written down, and then I'll maybe pull out a premise for a sketch, or the first play I did came from like 
taking stand-up and like turning it into scenes yeah, that's around a, that. Yeah, that's something interesting that I didn't uh, – I'm not sure if you had told me about when we were kind of conversing back and forth in email that – yeah, cause then, but then I saw the picture of your your book. So when when was that? When did that Which book? That? The – the I think it was posted just a oh, few oh, days yeah. ago. Oh that's no, but that's that's a fake that was a fake copy. Oh, so in, oh, the, in the play in the play, I part of the conceit of the play, oh. this is how meta it is, is like it gets published and then the other actor reads what's in it oh. and decides to leave the play. Because I had no idea when I saw that. I was like, oh, oh, okay. So Gene Marco's a playwright too. No. Well, I, I am a playwright. That is a yeah, play. But that's it is not a play. the real play. No, it's not the real play. And what uh, happened was Jeff Ravenack designed the cover. Okay. Um, and he did such a fucking good job that yesterday in rehearsals, I got a call and apparently the the head of the organization for that particular publishing company yeah. told me that I can't use their that looked too real. <laughs> that, and you I did was too like good a job. it was too good because it looked like you know, and I was like, you know, well we in the play itself I go like this is fake. At the end I go like it's not real. Uh, and but I have I had to ask Jeff to redesign like a slightly oh. worse cover. And it was so disappointing. I'm like, come on. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I hated movies that they can't use real money or that they can't use real products. I uh. think – I feel like it's so clear to me that if part of what you do is you put your brand on things mm-hmm. um, and it's part of the world. Yeah. And, and that serves you as a company because you're spreading out your brand that one of the downsides to that is people are allowed to use it. Like I think the idea that you can't show – I mean I don't really know what the rules are, but like – if you can't have Facebook in a movie and you have to create some fake social media site for your character to use, yeah. it's like, well, you know what? Facebook has decided to make itself a public company, and part of the yeah. downside is to that is that it's your visible thing, and you show up places. Yeah, or like that's – I remember I saw some comedy years ago where it's like instead of Google, it was like Moogle uh. or something. <laughs> like, Remember Budweiser got mad at uh, that Denzel movie, Flight? Oh, um, did they have a Bud thing in that? Well, he, he just that. he just drank Budweiser and he was an alcoholic, and they were like, you know, you're associating beer with being an alcoholic, and it was like, oh, well, asshole, sorry. Excuse me for showing you how you make a lot of your money. You make a lot of your money <laughs> off alcoholics, and so it's just like, screw you. Yeah, no, if it's blatant, then it sucks. Like if you have somebody like. Here is my new pair of Nikes. Yeah, Dang. yeah. Or like, I mean, I guess, you know, they'll be like, they don't want the serial killer to be wearing your type of shoes or an Abercrombie shirt. Yeah. Like, I get the serial killer, like, he's like, I right before I kill my victims, I love to hug yeah. a nice Abercrombie pair of yeah. sweat. I mean, I get that, but. Yeah, it, th- you're reminding me of something, and this is, I don't know if this is related to anything, but you're just reminding me of, uh, like, some interview I heard with, like, Stephen Colbert. Oh, on, yeah? Uh, you know, like with the show that he does now on CBS, like he's asked, like, so is it really much different than what you did on uh, with uh, the Colbert Report? It's like, actually, was this not Terry really. Gross? I think I listened oh, to this. Oh, this <laughs> Terry Gross. I listened to this Terry Gross interview. <laughs> oh, great minds. There you uh, go. No, but yeah, but he said, what? What was it that like? The sometimes only I have we to have change. Is, yeah, you have to change a product, and that's it. We get we sometimes occasionally a company will get mad at us. It's never about the content. And I think that's kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I guess maybe now he's at that point where he doesn't, he can't get in trouble. But who knows? Um, yeah. But to get back to you for a second, so you were in. You said you were in college, right? Or when I? Well, because when you were saying what you did the the, the sketch comedy and the, and the stand-up comedy class. So I started to stay. Oh yeah. So that was in college and senior year. I did kind of a stand-up show, and 
and then I was in Philly a year after that for an acting company, and then I've been in the city now for like four years about. Mm. feels like 90, but, um, and so I've been doing, like, stand-up, I'm trying to do more, and I really started taking it more seriously, yeah. but it's a, it's a lifestyle that is not necessarily for a hermity-type person like me, like, it's late nights, yeah. it's Brooklyn, I live in Harlem, uh, it's a lot of, like, socializing. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> I mean, usually, I get the sense when you, if you're a stand-up comic, I mean, you're either... You, if you're if you're by yourself and you're a loner, you're, you might be looked at a little bit weird. You have to sometimes have like a bit of a yeah. community or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and like it's it's all for me. It's a matter of like I like a lot of different things and kind of figuring out how it all balances together. So like my is, my so, overarching goal is like yeah, be more successful as an actor, do enough stand up that when I like use that acting notoriety yeah. to kind of skip a couple steps i'm not mm -hmm. viewed as kind of a total ass yeah because i'm seeing some of the things on your youtube page like i i think i watched the hillary clinton versus fly oh yeah, yeah that yeah. that was good and like, that was i had to get that out of before you know that had that had a, yes it a, had a bit of a shelf life shelf to it life, yeah i mean maybe <laughs> some people if they maybe people years from now will watch that and be like oh yeah i remember her yeah, yeah what yeah. was all that about oh god <laughs> <laughs> what was the big deal about that but no, I'm seeing some of the like the the topics like are you Jewish? And, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, overplaying the Nazi card and that was uh, about the election too. Yeah, um, uh, birthright requirement. So you, you, I guess you do some topical things. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm working on it more. I mean, I feel like in this again in the Seinfeld vein, like what I seem feel really drawn to is talking about myself and my own foibles and family i really love yeah. digging into like fucked up family dynamics well i saw jewish mom yeah 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 jewish mom that one got me in trouble with my jewish mom is that why it says now censored uh yeah yeah i because it was one of those things where like you know when you're writing it you use the people's real names oh and then yeah, it was yeah. one of those where i just forgot to change it i just wasn't thinking and then i put it up and it was like i didn't say anything bad but uh you know, I think I'm still figuring out kind of where I sit with regards to how much I can talk yeah. about my own life. I certainly have some friends now, you know, some people I've been on dates with who goes like, you cannot do stand-up about this. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it, it almost, <laughs> but that almost makes it, that's what makes it the, the art form, you know, not to get yeah. about it. Because if you're not almost doing something that's a little embarrassing, then, you know, it might become something that's a little bit shallow yeah i agree i think it's i think it's tricky and like you know you try to put yourself in their shoes and um you know i think it's a fine line and i think it's one that everyone i mean i remember howard stern he had that his movie yeah and he talked about like his big moment was his wife had just had a miscarriage and the next day on the radio he was like making jokes about it but like you know for him that was that's what he needed to do but you know for her it was probably hard she was very upset about it so i think it's like finding you got to find I'm still figuring out that part, you know, of like, what can I talk about? What am I free to talk about? How much, if I just change the names, well, is the it enough? What's the border here? How, yeah. What's the line that I can take it to? Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, there's some venues where I'm not conscious of it because I'm like, well, 10 people are going to see this. So mm. like, I'm not going to worry about this. But then, you know, before you know it, you're in a more prominent something or other. And you're like, oh, I better figure out how I feel about this <laughs> immediately. Because, yeah, did, um, uh, so is it like because you said you almost like had an hour of material almost like as if it was like wait like it was so almost there the whole time and brought yeah out. yeah was it like 
is that almost something now that uh, do you need to work on that though? Like, this yeah, is now, it's like you have to take a long time to formulate new material. Not necessarily. It's like it's what's so interesting is I because I guess I'm interested in this because I I almost because I'm not I I mean I, I love stand up comedy but I like almost look at it a little bit from the outside because I've I mean I've never really done it I I know people who do do it and it seems like a it takes a long time to make to get to that point where it's like okay I'm really good with this bit now. Yeah, I think the thing is, you know, I think for me like I'm a big I write down a lot. I write down everything I do. Yeah. Um and I know some people that don't or some people will write just kind of the basics in their book and like craft it yeah. in the sky and remember it. I really love writing it down and all I've been do is set record it and like if listen it back and change the writing based on anything new I discovered. Um, so for me, I don't feel as much a need to like do it out loud in front of people many, many times before I feel good about it. The first time's always a little bit nerve wracking because you're like in my head, but I feel like the thing about being a comedian is you have to install on yourself a real barometer of what's funny and you have have to be vicious about it. Also sometimes like frankly, you might sometimes have to be prepared to fail. Like if a bit doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I, I. I push I push myself more and more to, to always try new stuff um, but because I'm so scared of that failure I mean I really like I work on these things so much that most of them I haven't had any truly disastrous performances okay, yet yeah. and I don't say that like as a brag thing I think that maybe as in a I need to push myself even further to mm. go further into material that scares me mm. um, but uh, yeah I think it's just like it's the same with acting. With acting, it's like a barometer of am I being truthful? And with comedy, it's like a barometer of is this yeah. funny? And you have to be vicious with yourself because you're going to go up in front of people. And so you have to be – I mean, there's lots of sets where, like, you know, the day of, I'm like, okay, you know what? You know this isn't funny, and you know <laughs> it's not going to work, and you, you can't just cut corners because mm. it's not going to work all of a sudden up there. Yeah. Um, and then with regards to, like, getting that material, it's like – it's one of those things where I'm sure lots of writers like my my notes in my iPhone is filled with so much shit and like only <laughs> a one hundredth of it is worth anything. Oh uh, yeah. But it's just okay. like I think when you sometimes I'm in a sketch mood and sometimes in a stand up mood and then things in life happen and you mm. unconsciously contextualize it in a stand up way or a sketch mm. way or like if you're writing plays in that way. Yeah. And I honestly feel like it's a filter that it depends on what I'm working on at the moment. Mm. Um. Ladies and gentlemen, we are delayed because of No, I won't do it. I can't lie anymore. We are not delayed because of train crack heads. We are delayed because of me, the MTA. Someone jumped in front of this train and I am freaking out. I saw his head literally pop off his body. Guys, why is there so much, so much suffering? Why is the universe so very empty? Why wouldn't he stop clicking after his head was separated from his body? Ladies and gentlemen, this is an important announcement from the MTA. There is no God. There is nothing after you die. Life is meaningless. The horror. The horror. We apologize for any inconvenience. So when you came to New York, was the plan like okay? I want to get into this, or was it just maybe I could try this acting thing out? Man, it's chaos. I mean, I think what I did is 
What's so hard is not going to either a college with like a big theater program where you have lots of people in the business and you're all giving each other a leg up. Yeah. Or like going to NYU. I think going to NYU and being in the city or somewhere in New York is really the ultimate thing. If I could go back, I would have only done that because you come here and uh, there's a lot of networks that feel very impenetrable and you don't know how long you have to wait around and some of them you wait around and nothing would happen. So like what I did, I mean, fortunately, my parents were still helping me out, which was a big, which is a big thing. Oh, yeah, I would yeah, never discount because it was such, you know, that's helped me be where I am yeah. now. If you have that backing, that gives you that little extra bump. Yeah. And I took it seriously. I mean, and I worked hard, but I think like I, I spent a lot on these casting director workshops because that was the thing that felt that it had the most structure to it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, this is the business and it works with casting directors and agents and managers um and you know you could look at it two ways like in one sense it did work out in the sense that i like got my professional team together and i got some tv stuff some commercial stuff but in another sense it's so it also like to get past those gatekeepers is such a roll of the dice yeah and i'm still struggling with it whereas you know if i had gone here and maybe started at there's a there's like a theater program called the bats and it's one of these things that when you first move to New York, it's non-union, it doesn't pay, Wait, it sucks up your called, time. It's called the Bats. The Bats. It's the Flea Theater, and it's the Bats. Uh-huh. I, and it sucks up your time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Unintended. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. But it, 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 it does. But it's like you know, if you start that when you're young and you don't have these other demands, you end up coming up with all these other artists. They can kind of uh, recreate what NYU would. Where, I mean, like even now, like if I release a sketch compared to someone who. And I don't mean to say, like, everyone who went to NYU has it easy. But, like, I know certain friends, they'll release a video the same way I might release a video of similar quality. And they have a friend who works at uh, The New Yorker. And they have a friend who works at um, Gothamist. And they have a friend. So they get their features because they have friends there. It's just a big network. And when you have to start building a network, the beginning is really lonely and horrible. And you feel like you're begging people for favors and being part of friend groups. And, um, you know, I think I've been lucky and I had financial resources and, but it's still like after four years, now it begins to feel like, okay, okay, some people are reaching out to me to do a reading or some people are for a video, but even now, you know, you still feel it where you're like, God, if I could have just been at school with these guys for four years, I'd feel more of a community. And I think it's, it just takes a long time. You yeah. just have to be patient and you have to be crazy with time and very, you know, like the, the flea theater. I kind of left that because it was like, I'm at a different place. I'm not willing to move around prop pieces for and be a tech for the full week. You can for only this pay your thing. dues for so long. Yeah. And that was the thing is I feel like, you know, I paid my dues at an acting company in Philly where I learned a lot of acting, but I didn't get that second benefit of. Well, oh <laughs> yeah, money, but but of like people around yeah, who are going people. to make stuff. Yeah, that's why I meant. Yeah, to yeah. Not, so not like the money so much. It's like finding the producer of of Matzo Pizza, Lindsay Elizabeth Ham. Yes, was uh, gotta mention her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, but you know, it was one of those things where how did she find you? She, I knew Sarah Seeds. Yes, through um, she, I ended up. I think we met in a casting director workshop, um, and you know, she was just very friendly. And she ended up bringing me in to audition for her web series, uh, Riding the D with Dr. Seeds. Yeah, just... see, I saw you had a credit on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was in the first, I think the first episode or the second episode. 
and uh, they just filmed like a pilot version of it. Like, yes, they went up. They mm-hmm. a whole new level. Um, so I met Lindsay there, and then, and then Lindsay made me the this Voldemort's first ASMR yes. video. Yeah, I that that was something that I watched, and uh, Lindsay actually. I don't know if it was Lindsay or Jeff, because it was Jeff involved in that. Yeah, they, that was the Cruel Children. Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, the Cruel Children sketch series, which I guess to bring up. Actually, I, I guess uh, I talked about that with uh, Jeff a long while back on uh, yeah, local, yeah, yeah. local. Um I think they mentioned to me that you, so you hadn't seen Harry Potter before that. I'd seen a couple, but like I read the books later in life. I wish I'd read them with everyone else. Yeah, but I, I, but I read them all as an adult. I, I like, didn't. I didn't because like they started coming out when I was not not the books so much, but like the movies started coming out when I was like in late high school and college. I'm like ah, I'm too old for this crap, and I probably yeah. should have read it anyway. But I was just I felt a little bit above it. But then I was like, oh, these movies are so good. Maybe I should read the books. Yeah, I didn't dig the movies. Really? Yeah, having read the books first and seeing them as an adult. Quality. Some are better than yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. So I hadn't watched a lot. And it was you know, when I met Lindsay and Jeff. I mean, Lindsay knew me. Jeff didn't. And, like, we went out to dinner. You know, they were courting me almost. And, <laughs> and you know, Lindsay said something like, oh, he'd be – he's great at care or he's talking about Voldemort and I was like yeah I'm not really good at characters and it was one of those moments where I'm like oh no I'm supposed to lie in this circumstance they're trying to cast me in something I'm great at characters <laughs> and Lindsay I Lindsay literally swooped and I remembered so clearly because I, I immediately was like oh you idiot Jeff Margaret you, you don't you don't tell the people trying to hire you that you're bad at anything and she was like no 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 he's really good and so I you know I studied I watched every YouTube compilation of Voldemort from the movies and um, and ASMR of, videos. Yeah, because ASMR oh. videos, they look really out there. So it's just like... They're boring. <laughs> They're so well, aren't boring. They, well, aren't they used so that like people can go to sleep? Yeah, some people go to sleep. It sounds like some people like listen to it and touch themselves. Oh, I mean, God. or they just get like weird shivers. I mean, like... But they're really dull and repetitive. But, yeah. you know, I wanted to... I wanted to be good, and it was I watched good shit, man. Yeah, I mean, I watched, but I watched so much of these videos, and the the highest honor, which I think you, with any any kind of parody, was when the guy who I watched for hours and hours and hours commented like, "Oh, maybe Voldemort can give me lessons," and I was like, "There you go. Really? That's all I want is the guy that I'm studying. Uh, if he can, if he says it's good, then I feel great." Wow. Yeah, and um, it got a lot of plays too. I mean, it, and it's also it's a nine minute video. It's not like it's not made to be like, oh, this will be a catchy viral video. Like it's made as the real thing, and people were watching it for real. Yeah, they weren't watching it yeah. for the joke of it being Voldemort. Like, yeah, because that's, that's what I was watching it for. But then as I was watching, it, I'm like, huh, I guess they're they're really committing to this. But people got some people got upset because at some point, like I get too excited as Voldemort, and I'm like. And it's really loud. And well, people... yeah, no, yeah, you you yelled at it. Yeah, because it seemed like the kind of thing. Make sure you turn up your speaker really loud. And it's like, <sighs> yeah, I think I it's think they're like you're like trolling your audience. Yeah, just, I'm sure there at least you know I think there's over two hundred sixty thousand views. So that means at least ten people were trying to go to sleep with it, yeah. and like we're just about to drift away, and then <laughs> and they they just wrote in a furious comment. What the fuck is this? Yes, because the fact that you're not dressed like 
uh, you know, a, a Halloween character. Yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. Tip them off. But people like people do care. Like there's web series ones. I mean, uh, wait, of of Voldemort of or? ASMR videos. I mean, it's a it's it's the it's internet is crazy. The internet yeah. is crazy. You're like what? Good for them. It could, I mean, good for them, but it, I mean, it's just amazing how these things evolve. Oh, yeah. And have their own life that, like, you know, if you didn't have the internet to just reach whoever likes the stuff all over the world, it would it'd be, be like, so who would like this? Yeah. But apparently a million people mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, so you, were, you also did this other series that I checked out uh, called An Actor Unprepared. Yeah, that was my first. That was my first kind of, and that definitely like you. Seinfeld is definitely and Curb especially like yeah. Well, that Curb. seemed very. That seemed a bit autobiographical. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was. I, I mean, it's the crazy ways that you start. It was I, I auditioned for an industrial, and the cast director had a production company, and they had a meeting with me like out of the blue, where they were like, "We're looking for writers to produce their work," and that. That never happens, especially now. It's like for someone to a production company to reach out and like want to just they need content. You know, most yeah. of them are writers that they have their friends to produce. So it was like a real golden opportunity so where they, yeah. So they just reached out to you. So you wrote the whole thing. I wrote the whole thing, um, and then that again, it was like another one where you know just a lot of those scenarios I think were sitting in there, and so it wasn't hard to come up with the premise and. Um, I was just lucky to have a lot of people helping me. You know, it's all about editing at the end of the day. I mean, it's just editing and editing yeah. and editing and drafts and drafts. And they were great collaborators. They, you know, I raised a little, tiny amount of money, but they, the kind of work that they put into it and the kind of equipment they had available. Um, and then they were really generous with the editing where, you know, we cut swaths where, you know, I really got to feel, oh, this works and this is too wordy and this is... Yeah, it looked like there's, there were some good other actors in there too. Yeah. That play off of. Yeah, that's what's really cool about... And I talk about community building where, like, you know, when you can hire other people and use your friends and... Um, yeah, but to also that they... They're, they're ready for it. They're really hungry and they're yeah. talented enough and yeah. you see that in them. Yeah, and... Yeah, I mean, I think if people like the work, you know, when you're when you're trying to pursue a professional career, even TV show, even stuff that's like a big break, like not all of it's very good. Mm. And so, like when you get to work on your friend's thing and you feel that it's good mm. um, and fun, uh, it's you know, even though no one was paid for that, you know, it feels good. And that's why I I still certainly do work for free. I do think everyone should hopefully be paid, but. But I certainly will work on a friend's thing for free, especially if it's good. If yeah, something's it must, good. Yeah, especially if it's good. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Hopefully yeah, it's good. Yeah, hopefully it's good. <laughs> I still do a lot of free stuff. I'm like, no, what, well, did I, whole... what did I do? <laughs> Why um, am I here? Yeah, no, but um, 
and of course then uh, so cruel children that led to matzo pizza yeah you know so i, I was it like the same kind of impetus that the, uh, Lindsay was working with there or was it like more organic um i think it was seeing the success of cruel children that made me go like oh here's an avenue i can explore um i so what happened was i booked these general electric commercials and so like i had some finances and i was like well i could save this and kind of live a comfortable life <laughs> or i could just spend it all very unwisely <laughs> and i and i think i you know i wanted i want to be that person and it's like it's also reminding myself like i'm in a fortunate position where you know i'm just i'm i'm fine right now like it, it, would, it would there's a lot of steps between me and homelessness so it's like i need to be brave yeah. and try to do what i can and you know i think about like kevin smith and like he went into into serious serious debt to film clerks oh, yeah. so it's kind of like being like okay stop being a coward about this if this is the life i want i need to take risks i need to do these things mm. and um i had done a couple sketches i did the sketch with a woman named megan sass we did and it was my first sketch we co-wrote it but it was it was an idea i had called mta shames nyc yeah um, oh wait is that the same thing as is that similar to the mta has an existential yeah crisis? yeah i mean it's yeah and this is the first sketch that we ever did and probably the most successful sketch i may ever do it was like we we filmed it super easy it cost 400 bucks or something at the end of the day and uh it, it just so happened to be released right as the mta was coming out with new announcements and because of that, we one of these things you get swept up in press, and we got on the cover of Metro New York. We were in Gothamist. We were in Fast Company. I've been trying to recreate this success ever since Create that the moment. Lightning in the bottle. Yeah, and it was crazy. And because of that, this website called Spoiled NYC uh, hired us and basically paid us to produce some sketches for them. Um, and so, something about sketch comedy really appealed to me because. I think what was hard about the web series was twofold. Where one, it was like it was about acting, and that is what I want and still want to write about. But every actor has their acting web series. Now I felt proud of mine. Like I think it. I, I was involved with an acting web series. Yeah, too. Like, yeah. And this is like years and years ago. And I'll always remember when I was trying to get it backstage because it's like you know backstage. Of course, that's they they should write a feature on this. It's about the business. And I, I wrote, you know, one Facebook friend I had at worked at Backstage. And she was like, oh, hey, I'll totally I'll see what I can do. In the meantime, though, if you ever get a chance, check out my web series. And, I mean, she sent, she sent a link to her web series. And it, it, she wasn't, like, being bitchy about it. I mean, she was just like, hey, you have a web series? I have a web series. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the same web series. Oh. And, like, I'm asking you to get a feature in Backstage oh. for the web series. That is your web series that you couldn't get featured in Backstage. And everyone's probably asking everyone to do this. Yeah. And so with sketches, I felt like, and also with the web well, series, especially a narrative series, well, it's also like you were again. It was much more personal too. You were bringing something like out of your own life, maybe like thinly disguised a little bit, but also, you know, in a way, you were playing yourself a little bit more. Which you know, maybe that's a challenge that is pretty cool to do. But then with the sketches, you get to really go out there a little bit. Maybe you get yeah. to, maybe you go back a little bit in the way to that like all that experience yeah you yeah know, like more than, than seinfeld to bring it back to your and you can you can take like crazy risks and do like a crazy character for yeah. one and 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 it's also just like with a narrative web series as you'll see unless it has unless it's a breakout hit which is so rare mm. you'll see the first episode gets a lot and then second is less and by the time you get to the fifth episode you're like not breaking a thousand mm. and you're like oh with sketches sketches each one gets a fair shot 
each one gets a new shot. It's not like you had to see the last three. And so at least as like a still, I guess you could call it emerging or, you know, just low level artist, each sketch, I have a chance to have it be seen. I don't have to say you need to have seen these other ones to see it. Yeah. Um, and maybe some people will become like, maybe you'll, maybe one will really take off even if the others don't so much because maybe it will hit on something like the ASMR thing. Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, totally. The ASMR was like, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You, and they, I mean, I don't think they could have predicted it would have done that i mean i who who knows but if they had done just a web series that was all based on their first one they never would have had that asmr success so i feel like strategically first i'm attracted to sketches because i get to really let my mind run free yeah and and i think strategically as a creator well you also get to play with like a concept yeah as like with a web series there you have to be more of a storyteller and progress from like one thing to another and another a sketch you get in you get out and then that's it um, like with the P90X4, is that yeah, how you yeah, call yeah. it? Yeah, P90X4, yeah. Yeah, so we were talking about this right before we were recording, so you, you, you did work with that before. Yeah, I mean, I did the P90X series growing up, and, you know, like all good good writing stuff, it's first you start with what you know really well. And, like, I worked on that at a class at UCB, and it was just, like, Tony Horton, the guy who runs the show. Like, I just – I'm not a big – I'm not great at impressions, but I spent – you know, I guess 90, at least 90 workouts with him. And I just knew his voice. I knew how he <laughs> talked. And uh, so I was like, I have to do this. And right. Hey there, boys and girls. Tony Horton here. We're going to skip the warm up because I know you'd fast forward through it either way. So let's just get on down to business. You know it. You love it. The good old fashioned push ups. Chris is going to do modified and we'll start the clock in five, four, three, two. Now, I always say there's three things to keep in mind when doing push-ups. Form, form, and if you stop, I'm gonna have sex with your dad. You know, when my producer said they want another P90X, I thought, come on! How many ways can I trick someone into doing a frickin' push-up? And then one leg's day it hit me. It's not about workout lengths or variety, no. The key to getting in shape is shame. So remember, don't stick your butt up in the air, and for every push-up you do, that's one less I'll do on your dad. Oh, it's a bird! It's a plane! Nope, it's just squats. Now with squats, remember to keep your weight in your heels. If you feel yourself falling forward, these are the kind of squats your dad's gonna do on my big fat c <sighs> Get lower there, Chrissy boy. Gorgeous! Hello, it's crunch time. Now you might be saying, but Tony, if I do do the workout, you promise not to have sex with my dad? Well, you're not doing the workout. So what's the point in answering the question? You can come out now. Hi, Tony. Hey, Mr. Daniels. You're flaking in okay? A little bumpy, but fine. That's right. This was not a hypothetical. Your father reached out to me over Twitter and said, well, you were a big fan of the P90X series. You never actually did any of the workouts. Your mother and I just want you to take your health seriously, sweetheart. And on the off chance you are doing the workout at home, well, I'm sorry, because this is pre-recorded, and I am your dad in five, four, three, two. John Marco. That's a pizza. Was I supposed to bring in dad? It's a character I just know. Mm. Um, and again, like I wouldn't, I don't think I had a, would have a whole web series of Tony Horton ready no, to go. But no. that one thing, it felt like once you have the idea, oh yeah, it feels like I have to, I have to make this a reality. Yeah. Or I mean, I even just like. 
it feels like you have like a very interesting streak of being being absurd but also really smart like the was it the showtime showtime one yeah which on i think on facebook that got like a shit ton a of million right? 1.6 million yeah jesus christ yeah you just, <laughs> just do something in the that's the lesson kids do do a little skit in a subway you'll get like a million yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was and that's probably the easiest one to fill like we have one coming up it's called hasidic fiddler on the roof and you know <laughs> I hope it is well, but it's like, you know, it's a even, seven... Even more Jewish fiddler Yeah, yeah, roof, yeah. Right? And it's like a seven-minute thing, and, like, that was hard to film. And I'm sure it'll be hard to get people to watch. But Showtime, the MTA one, has 50 seconds, filled it in two hours, maybe, max. And it's the one that will do the best, no doubt. Because it's just simple. Oh, yeah. People relate to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's always the strange thing when, the, like, the things that take off that you just have absolutely no expectation. Yeah, I mean, off. you know, I think the internet is an interesting, it, it, I, I don't believe it necessarily begs for the most quality yeah. art, yeah. but it's its own beast and you can't really predict it. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. Sketch just feels a fun place to be because there's so many people that need short form content and you know whether i can translate that into longer form pieces will be will be interesting to see i mean i think like when i think of bridesmaids feels like a very perfect example of like that was someone with a sketch background and you can you can feel the sketches in oh, that yeah, you yeah. you remember bridesmaids well like oh like yeah no i i remember the that. wedding speech where they're both competing like who gives the last toast to who's the better friend yeah like that is that is a sketch in and of itself well in yeah movie. well that well that was the thing that uh I honestly, I guess maybe I had a little bit of a problem in Ghostbusters because that also, I guess, came from the same group of Paul Feig and all uh-huh. that. Was that like that feeling of okay, we're you know obviously oh we're we're stopping to have a sketch here. Okay, yeah, it doesn't quite feel organic to Ghostbusters. Yeah, oh yeah, and I'm sure with Ghostbusters, I didn't see it, but okay, but I mean like I think even with Bridesmaids, you know, I don't think, I don't know if emotionally it had quite the the punch it would have because it devolved into these these sketches i mean i think it was a valiant i think it was good it was entertaining of course yeah but i think you know it's interesting to see how it plays out i mean i just saw um other people did you see with chris chris kelly i believe his name is chris kelly who's one of the head writers at snl and there's one who like someone who i don't know what his background is but he clearly has written a lot of sketches but like this screenplay for me was as good as it gets for like oh. a human screenplay. So it's really fascinating to see huh. someone yeah, who not, could do both. I think it can lend itself. I think with sketches, you learn how to uh, uh, execute this is, an idea, execute an idea to, really to, fast, to, to, and try to mine it for as much as you can, but then get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like because because it also it could be painful if a sketch goes too long. Yes, which I'm sure. I mean. So in your sketch background, are you like a UCB kind of guy, or did you do other kind stuff? of? A, I later to UCB. Um, I started I know, just because I don't know if that's the gold standard. Now I've had Lindsay and Jeff; they're both UCB people. Yeah, I think like I'm sure the other programs are, the Pitt and the Magnet are just as good. It's just that UCB is kind of like you have to go through it. At least in New York, I mean, I think there's, I don't think the other places com- are as competitive industry standard wise right. as like groundlings and second city, but we don't have them here. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And, and I think there, there's a lot of great people at UCB. I think it's, there's so many people there and it's really competitive. And like, yeah. I want to sign up for sketch 301. I still need to take, but like, yeah. 
those classes sell out immediately. I'm, so I'm trying to get into that class. I don't know when. It could be a year before I get a spot yeah. and I sign up in time. And the funny thing is, you're already making it yourself. Yeah, yeah. And like some so people... Like, I guess, so the question is, it's like, yeah, I need to go through that. Obviously, and I, I'm the one that brought it up, but it's like... At what point do you need UCB? Can you make it on your own? Yeah, but you know, I think like I thought that for a while, and now looking back, I'm like, fuck, I should have started this immediately. <laughs> like, so I I don't know. I I've had some friends who tell me, you know, like I had that general these General Electric commercials, and I've I had a friend who said like, you don't need to do this UCBs. People are doing that so they get the commercial, yeah. but it's also a it's for the education and b it's for like making those friends in the community and like you're coming up together mm-hmm. um so at least for now you know until my schedule's packed with acting gigs i'm gonna do it mm-hmm. i'm gonna do everything and and again like i do think the the thing i'll stand by is the teachers are all really good and yeah. uh, they're all i i've never felt like oh this is just so i get the rubber stamp of approval like these yeah. are still good teachers yeah so right now, are you? Do you feel like you're in like a sketch mode or a stand-up? Does it, or 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 even just because you also do regular acting too? Yeah, of yeah. That, like actually, you know, working from somebody's script. I'm here to serve your story, sir. Yeah, I mean, I have a play right now that we have industry readings for. Um, and, and also, that, you write plays too. I, yeah, I, to yeah. I think I've gravitated towards sketches only because plays is like it's a whole other beast. That's a whole other community. Yeah. And plays feel like. You know, you take this play that we have this industry reading for, you know, it got optioned, but I've been working on this play for four years. And so part of me is like the idea of going four years to wait for something as opposed to writing a sketch. I can produce it. We see if it has a life. Move on from there. Like that's why I've fallen more into sketches than writing a play. Um, But so right now I'm in a stand-up place only because this play has a lot of me doing kind of stand-up-esque monologues in it. But uh, we'll... Oh, Who so knows? oh, so the wait, you said the play has stand up. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of oh, like we call it the one of the reviewers, and we kind of use it now as our logline. Is it's Annie Hall through Charlie Kaufman's brain, which is kind of like right I on. guess my goal in life is Annie Hall versus Charlie through Charlie Kaufman's brain. So uh, you know, in that it's in that Annie Hall sense where there's lots of audience addresses addresses by me. Nice, nice. That's that's a good way to do it. Uh, yeah, so and so you I guess we can expect more stand up probably. Yeah, more stand up. I mean, with Matzo Pizza it's just a matter of like I I have I'm ready to go for season 2, quote unquote, of Matzo Pizza. It's just like filming is expensive. Yeah. Um, getting like a crew, getting the time. Yeah, and Lindsay, I mean Lindsay makes it work uh, on a lowest budget it can it's possible to get it done and still make it look, you know, incredible. Um, but I think it's just like we we're, we still have like nine more sketches to release on Matzo Pizza. Oh, okay. And then so that'll take us through February. So I have time to think about that. What nice. do I want to do? And then kind of you know being really strategic about what kind of sketches do I film? And hopefully that leads to companies hiring me either to do sketches or branded content, um, branded content sketches, which I think is I, I've always loved advertising in a certain mm. way. And um, well, you could see that with the uh, the workout video. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'd love – hopefully it leads to some work that, that pays so I can then funnel that money into making more of these kind of crazy – my own sketches, and we'll see where it goes. But I think for, I think sketch is definitely where I will be continuing, and I think Matzo Pizza is a platform we've started, and uh, 
you know, Lindsay is hopefully a lifetime collaborator of mine. Sweet. Uh, where can uh, you have a Facebook page and all that? You're yeah, on the, you can find you're on, you're on the social media stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me on the John Marco Cerezi, G I A N M A R C O. No, don't said. you forget everybody. S O R E S I. And then Matza Pizza. We have a YouTube and we have a Facebook page, um, and that's we spell it. Matza is one of those words. There's no yeah. there's no real spelling, but what we liked was M A T Z A P I Z Z A. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's like the kind of thing that you could search for on YouTube. And I think the first time I did that, I came up with like ten recipes for of how to make actual matzah pizza because that doesn't sound like something that you would ever want to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think now. So sometimes it'll correct it. It'll be like, here are the results for matzo pizza, M-A-T-Z-O. So you just search for what you want. But I think we've we've done it now. So even when it does matzo pizza, we're yeah. still up there. Because it's not like some people, matzo pizza is a real thing, but it's not like hamburgers. It's not like there's so many videos out there to make matzo pizza. <laughs> so I think hopefully our, our videos have gotten enough views that it's begun to climb to the top. So matzo yeah. pizza on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah, and also you have your own Gianmarco Ceresi Ceresi plays almost. Did I almost screw that up? No, that's great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You have your own YouTube page. I have my own YouTube. That's that where I put now. all my stand up on. Yeah, and then, I, uh, yeah. I saw like interesting clip, little clips too. Just as like a side note, like on some TV show work too. Yeah, yeah. Like I put Blue some Bloods. of the TV stuff up there and hope that the copyright people don't take it down. I don't. <laughs> nah, that, that's always. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, and also 1909 Productions is where 1909 you can watch Productions the, uh, did the series. an actor unprepared, and you can. That's on Facebook too, and www. and actor unprepared, um, and then Lindsay, producer for Matza Pizza, her production company's Edge in Motion. Yeah, yeah, that's also on Twitter. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do that, and Cruel Children was her series, and yeah. Voldemort's first ASMR. Do you think you'll come back to Cruel Children too, or is uh, that like I, Deca once She in a while did thing? tell me to work on a particular impression. I don't know if I'm allowed to say. No, no, yeah, don't, but she don't did. Just, she yeah. did tell me to start looking at a certain character. Okay. So uh, I hope very much to be Neat. back. I don't know if it'll be another ASMR video or something else, but. Cool. You know, it definitely is now an expertise that I know how to parody ASMR videos <laughs> for whatever that's worth. <laughs> yes. Well, well, thank you so much thank for you coming for on having my me. show, man. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, this was a really good talk. Uh, and, of course, you can always find us, Wages of Cinema, on Facebook and wagesofcinema at gmail.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, subscribe. Uh, and that's it for today. And remember, the wages of cinema is death.